0: Welcome to Crashing Game Night. My name is Matt Diorio. Tonight, the former host of the PlayStation broadcast and indie writer, Nick Sutner is Crashing Game Night with us tonight. Ooh, wow. hello. We are joined by the beanied one, Gerard Barrera.
1: And hello and salutations, greetings. Thank you, everyone, for joining. Oh, hey, what's up, guys? How's it
2: going?
3: How you doing?
0: And of course, babyface, Theowalski. I
3: just love every time he intros, it's just like, he paused for a quick <laughs> second. And he's like, oh, these guys are here too.
0: Oh, hey, guys. It's not just me. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, see, you got it. That's the point. Yep. Like, and oh, then, hey, guys. <laughs> and then the man with the couch holding it down for our guests is the one and only Lion's Mane, Jason Maledio.
4: it going, guys? How's it going tonight? Boom, baby. Hope I'm loud and proud. Nick, thank you again. Welcome to our couch tonight. Looks very comfortable. Thank you. Thank you so oh, much for joining.
3: Pleased to be occupying. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Did you get
3: some sun, Jason?
4: Me? Uh, yeah. I've been, out. so I've you been got outside. I've been outside, dude. Dude, I've been I've been outside You're, a lot. You've been,
1: yeah, you've been taking advantage of the the, the free COVID life now. No, vaccinated life. <laughs> vaccinated life.
4: Uh, no, actually, I've been uh like I've been training uh, outside a lot uh, lately Ooh, at work. Nice, so, man. It's it's nice. uh I, I got that huge uh the huge oh the tan. farmer's hand yeah, look at <laughs> yeah, that boy just love it yeah it's
0: good. classic so, classic so, <laughs> so Nick how you doing it's been trying to get you on here for a little while now i know i'm
5: not trying i'm get, not great with uh with answering twitter dms <laughs> turns out but i appreciate you very uh, on top of me because oh, yeah, absolutely yeah, yes i'm elusive um <laughs> yeah no i'm good i'm holding it down here in in oakland and it's sunny and nice until we're all like choked by uh smoke in a few months inevitably um <laughs> right uh <laughs> Sorry, you're catching me at, like, a downer climate change moment. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, no, I'm good. I'm um, trying to embark on some new projects and things, and you're catching me at, like, a particularly interesting time of, like, spinning up new stuff and um, just Ooh, got fun nice. working. Sweet. I also work uh, part-time at Panic, who are a publisher based in Portland, who published Untitled Goose Game um, and Firewall. Oh, nice. so always <gasps> Love, that. Love that game. And, um, oh, cool. Um, yeah. So yeah, lots of fun, fun stuff going on, um, and Good it's stuff. you know, it's I'm trying to be part of the world reopening a little bit, but very conservatively <laughs> and carefully. So that's interesting to navigate as well. As it, for everybody, I'm it sure, it
0: does feel weird just to that everything's starting to wake back up.
5: Yeah, and I think I'm in, mean, you know, I think uh, the Bay Area is, is maybe been sort of the most careful place in the country, perhaps mm-hmm. throughout the whole thing. And and but even so here, it's still, you know, in California, it's like, uh, oh, yeah, in most places. Thankfully, the numbers here are good. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, it still feels weird mm-hmm. to like just, I don't know, be invited to indoor things and try to reckon with that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I feel it's, good. it's, you know,
4: I feel like it's kind of weird, too, when you uh, go out and about and you're like going to a restaurant and everyone's just like, you know, hanging out like it's the same old thing again. Like nothing has happened. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of weird.
0: Yeah. 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 So I know before we get into anything, I do want to kind of give some shout outs really quick first. Um, one thoughts and prayers as always, like we kind of talked about last week to those, um, to the family and friends of the victims of the condo collapse down in Miami as they found more victims, um, for that. So, Um, Thoughts and prayers out to them, as well as thoughts and prayers out to the folks in New York City right now who are dealing with mass flooding um, Mm. from Hurricane Alma, kind of going through and hitting there. Um, Saw some video of the Major Deegan, which is a major kind of like freeway, you know, three-way down there, and it is completely flooded out. Cars, water up to their doors and stuff like that. Um, So. Hopefully they kind of get dried out a little bit soon, and then um, a couple of birthday wishes. So Ooh. last Ooh. last Thursday, I missed it. Uh, Q, John Bentley's son. Hey, hey. it was his birthday hey. last week. Hey,
3: thank you.
1: Happy birthday, Q.
0: And also shout out to a uh, friend of the podcast, Danny Pena, whose birthday is hey. today. Hey, so, Yes. Happy, Happy birthday. birthday, brother. Yep. So quick nice shout outs man. to them and whatnot. So so kind of let's get let's get into it. So for um. Those that aren't quite familiar with, with Nick, um, those that aren't really on the – that are, are more fans of, like, Nintendo and, and Xbox, stuff like that, and not more so on the PlayStation side, let's give kind of a, an overview of your career, Nick. So, you know, you've worked at Oculus, mm, um, which you went to after PlayStation. Yep, yep. Um, you have written two books, uh, Last Guardian, short Story, and Shadow Colossus. Wow. Um you've were the script editor and writer on Celeste. Mm-hmm. The writer and script editor on guacam uh melee too. You were the lead writer on Bloodroots. Script editor for Raise the Dead, uh lead writer on Carto, and contributing writer and editor on the game that we saw one of the games we saw featured in the PlayStation State of Play today, Jet the Far Shore, which I know I didn't even know you had worked on that until <laughs> after I was um looking at some things on it today and I've been looking forward to that since we initially saw the the preview of it back at the the launch and stuff like that so it's good seeing gameplay that and then from a playstation perspective um you start off as a product evaluator then you shifted over to developer relations um some of the highlights um which these games folks um they're in the indies as well as follow the podcast as well will know some of these names and the witness which was one, I, I love that game. It was a great Miss style type game that yeah. we haven't had in a while. Yeah, Transistor and Bastion. Nice. Well I freaking
1: love Bastion. Bastion. The I narration Bastion. was just, like, just made that game yeah. just that extra cool. Yeah, so good. Oh
0: man, it was so good. Um, Octodad and Axiom Verge. And you also were uh, involved with the PlayStation VR. Nice. And then. Um, kind of like what we alluded to is you were the co-founder and the co-host of the official play case, uh, PlayStation pod, it's now podcast but at the time it was the blog cast. I
5: know um, I don't support that change.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's still I Nick, it still feels weird to say official yeah. podcast instead of blogcast. It's just there's something about it. Um, I, th-
5: I think there's a, probably a good chance I suggested that name, but I can't claim for sure. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I would have fought hard against it if I was still there, but it's fine. Yeah. I get it.
0: And uh, anyway, so you you were part of that podcast for 213 episodes. Dang, Dang <laughs> man. Impressive. So I got to ask, what's it... What's it feel like to know that, you know, something you started just recently celebrated its 400th episode? Uh,
5: well, firstly, I didn't know it was 400, and I'm, I'm sad they didn't invite me on. know, but uh, no, no, it's very, I, it makes me really happy. We can happy. blame
0: Sid. We'll blame Sid.
5: We will blame Sid. Actually, yeah, I hung out with him last week, so I should have blamed him in person. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, it's, yeah, and, and, you know, it's hard for me to... Uh, sort of think of that outside of also my context of like being good friends with those guys. Cause yeah, mm-hmm. I still uh, keep in touch with, with Sid and Justin and and Ryan and like uh, Jeff once in a while and sort of the whole old crew. And, um, that was a really fun time and a really fun stretch for me. Mm-hmm. And before that, I started in the game. I mean, that was a that was like an A plus recollection of of my career. Thank you. Um, <laughs> before that, I when I first started podcasting was back in my press days. I worked at EGM and up dot com for a while and started started and did some podcasts there. Yeah, uh, right. yeah, yeah. right.
4: Uh, I, I I remember getting those all the time every week. Yeah, me too. Or, you're like, I haven't heard that name in years. That wow. seemed to be like, that <laughs> that seemed was... like my go to
0: magazine that I pick up at the airport. Yeah. Reading yeah, material yeah, totally. for my flight. <laughs> yeah. 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 Me
5: too, long before I worked there. And uh, so that was really fun. And that's kind of where I got a taste for podcasting. And that was, you know, so I started in 2008 ish, uh, which is weird to think about at this point. Um, right. And did, uh, if, I don't know, a few dozen episodes of, on a couple of the different shows before they laid most of us off. Yeah. Um, and uh, I really had a taste for it, and I thought we uh were sort of i don't know doing fun stuff with it and uh for the first few years of playstation you know my my roles were pretty sort of internal facing and kind of secretive, and like I, I went from being a pretty public person in the press to like a very private person you know uh career wise and um so it, and certainly, I was on this product evaluation team again an internal facing job, not social media or anything external so uh when Sid got hired actually um there. I, I talked a little bit to, to Jeff Rubenstein, who was running things before that, but um, when he hired Sid, I talked to Sid, and I had known That's Sid from right. his, game, his game pro I days. I forgot was, Jeff was there. Yeah, totally. he was been at Xbox. Um, <laughs> he's he's now at Xbox
0: forever.
5: And, uh, yeah, and so I, I knew Sid a little bit from his game pro days, because because we were both press at the time. And I was like, "said so you got to help me start up a podcast here. We just need to do it. It's crazy that PlayStation doesn't have one, which like, you know, in uh, 2009, or this would have been, I guess a couple of years after 2011, let's say like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it wasn't, um, wasn't that crazy? But it was like a little bit crazy. It's like a, a bunch of the big brands yeah. are starting to get into that, and there was just uh, I think we had the right people, and so that was definitely stepping stepping way outside of my role at the time. But I think because mm-hmm. I had this press background, <laughs> they trusted me to not like say anything that was going to get us all fired. So, um, <laughs> and I also had the, the background knowledge of like just basically sort of editing and hosting and getting stuff up and running just because I had done it before. So yeah, it was nice. you know Sid really sort of uh, championed that to get it up off the ground, and then um, just had fun with that for. Uh, a long time until until my like last week there and I think I think I've been on it once or twice since then um just as like a I guess but um yeah that was great and then since then after I sort of left uh I quit my like real jobs as I call them uh which was (laughs) about four years I've been working for myself and doing Andy Dev stuff and um, I also now (laughs) do a podcast called uh Called uh, Eggplant: The Secret Lives of Games, which is like a game hmm. design show. I'm um, talking to developers and stuff. Um, nice. So I went a while with that podcasting, and it was kind of driving me crazy. So I spun that up again with some other <laughs> uh, really smart game dev friends, and um, so still get to like get my fill of that but uh it's you know that's a very different kind of show and it's like it's it's really fun mm-hmm. sometimes like dropping into a crew like yours and just like chatting about games and, uh, game game in general, and yeah. uh, <laughs> actually
1: i have a question so during your first uh couple of years when you were doing the podcast what was your setup like How did, how did you have to figure it out back
5: then? (laughs) Oh man. I'm like, what should I, what can I say that wouldn't get anyone annoyed? Um, (laughs) it was kind of like, um, it was, a, I guess I'll say it was a thing that we, we all did on top of our regular jobs. It wasn't like a part of my job. I was kind of like allowed to do it. And even for the guys whose job was like social media, uh, this outward facing stuff, it was a thing that they, you know, we recorded like uh, after work or like sort of in mm-hmm. spare time and just volunteered our time kind of more as a, as a passion project and what, you know, maybe later it became a little more formalized of a thing. But um, and we recorded it like in Sid's office forever. Like we didn't, I think now the last few years. <laughs> Pretty much right after I left, I finally got like a dedicated recording space, (laughs) like a nice like sound baffled room. But uh, when I was there, mostly it was like in Sid's office with some mics on the desk and kind of a whole setup we'd haul out. And uh, so it was pretty like seat of our pants for years because we were just like... You know, our jobs were busy, and we barely had time to do it, but we managed to do it and put together a show that I was proud of. But I
1: appreciate, yeah, that's nice, cool, man. Nice. The, so, the like, you probably was, had the cameras like set into the laptop, and then the mics set out, and that you kind of—that's how you uh, kind of did, did it, or no? I mean,
5: no cameras even. It was not a thing that was oh, like really? uh, ever filmed. Yeah, it was yeah. just audio. So we had like a we had like sort of a full on like mixer. I mean, this was also in the when we started. It wasn't like. There were USB mics, but I think they weren't quite standard. So this was like real, uh, what you know, kind of more like um, what are they called? I don't even know. Like if I were to plug the big cable, cable and, into, yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Um, so like plug that into a bigger cable, which then goes into a mixer, which then goes usb out to a laptop so like i think we had something closer to that um so you know i think now it's it's way easier and more streamlined and we didn't even have a great interface to sort of like dial in guests because that wasn't a thing that existed until years later so um,
1: they had to physically be there if you wanted a guest
5: yeah yeah i think once or twice we did maybe like a weird phone call thing that just was not good but uh, (laughs) and thankfully because it's playstation you have like developers and people of notes swinging by all the time so Mm -hmm. we were able to get guests and just being in the bay area but um but, uh, but yeah, and, and I, I, maybe they're doing more of that now, but, um, yeah, it was kind of a shoestring thing for a while. Maybe not what you'd expect from, and, and I think the show we put out, I was, I think I, I, you know, I would have been proud to say that I don't think it sort of had those scars. It didn't feel like this hastily produced thing. We'd sort of wing it every week, but that's kind of how it was at the time.
0: Nice. No, I gotta ask you. Oh, that's cool. That's that's really awesome. idea. I really
1: appreciate that. That's awesome. Mm-hmm.
0: Whose idea really was it to start doing Sid's mystery Amazon box? Oh, oh man, yeah. <laughs> oh, <boy. laughs>
5: That's uh, that was such a fun segment I think I think because we recorded in Sid's office he just had like so many boxes sitting around that sometimes oh. would sit there for like days um, before he would open them and so I'd get excited I'm like Sid how are you not opening these boxes and these are like things that these weren't like you know whatever like gaming swag that was arriving from a publisher or something oh, it was- uh, this was like things that he ordered for himself and I'm like so there's like <laughs> yeah. toothbrushes oh, in awesome. here or something like what <laughs> we awesome. didn't know, I need to learn about your life and there it was like. I think like all Right
1: What's around around this like, oh, that was boring yeah yeah oh that's and cool man
5: i think it was kind of a, like an extension of um again doing this as a thing because like we wanted to do it together to hang out talk about games and have fun and like uh it wasn't this sort of corporate mandated structured thing where we had to like hit certain beats or whatever. Um, so it was like, yeah, let's have fun and talk about what's in Sid's office. And like, I don't know, I would have a lot of freedom <laughs> to
1: play with it, to make it, yeah, to make yeah. it, yeah, nice. to make it nice. your own, which yeah. is awesome.
5: Yeah. And you know, again, I think there's a line to walk there where it's like, it was a positive show. We weren't going to like talk about <laughs> games. We didn't like because It's not really our place for us to do that there, but there's plenty right. to talk about that we did like. So, um, yeah. Um,
0: it was great. I mean, for what, for the setup that you describe, it didn't sound like you guys were kind of running that type of a setup. It was Mm -hmm. always clean and, and very well put together.
5: No, Uh, no, thanks. I appreciate that. And I I think, you know, uh, if, um, yeah, I think just because, again because it was sort of our our passion project on top of our day jobs, and it was something we just wanted to start and get the ball rolling. And then once you start a thing like that, you kind of got to continue it, right? You can't just have it go away. Uh, so like,
0: yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Well,
1: <laughs> Case in point. Right.
0: Case in point. <laughs> you know, we do, this on top of our, <laughs> so we do this on top of our day jobs. You know, I start at six a.m. on a, uh, you know, here in Arizona, and you know, Jerry works all day, Dale works mm-hmm. all day, Jason's you know, hanging Pretty out at Costco nice. all day. I, I, wake,
4: I wake up when uh, we start recording maybe about an hour or two. <laughs> so Perfect. I'm like yeah. wide awake and I'm like, yeah. okay, cool. <laughs> I'm having
0: having yeah. a
5: couple tricks. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, so with that, Nick, so what, what made you gravitate towards the indie side of gaming?
5: Um, I think... So, th- I mean, this this really started back in my press days again, kind of like 2007-ish when I was working at those outlets. And at the time, this was kind of the early days of uh, Xbox Live Arcade and PlayStation Network. And I reviewed a lot of those games at the time, and I somehow ended up becoming like the indie guy at at those outlets. And um, partially just because they were smaller games and I was newer and I got assigned to them. But for me... I mean, and still, I think that's where a lot of the innovation and risk and interesting stuff comes from in the industry. That's what's great about indie games. And I think, um, you know, and there's lots of reasons for that. You can afford to take risks when you don't have like, you know, hundreds of people's livelihood and huge Tens of million dollar budgets of marketing and whatever like at stake. It's like you can be you can be a little riskier, Uh, and and consoles and such had sort of just opened up to being able to self publish or at least have like Microsoft publish your indie game things like that. Mm. So you know I reviewed like *Braid* back in the day and kind of these some of these like seminal early uh indie games and um and and try to give them a lot of airtime there and like do and i did a podcast with with john blow there at the time and that's how i first met him and that was years before i ended up like helping bring the witness to playstation so this stuff kind of all comes back but um and i think because we were very empowered at that job to just sort of lean into coverage of things that we really liked i was like cool let me fight to get these cool weird indie games um i mean and it wasn't just me by any means a lot of other (laughs) people on the staff had this sort of taste and it's like let's talk about these on our on our one-up show which is like a fun web show we had or on the podcast let's like give real airtime to these indie games because they're doing something really different and special and unique Uh, and that just sort of spoke to my personal aesthetic tastes and um and and i guess that's a sort of more ineffable thing to to an extent but so yeah so when i you know i was like the indie guy and then again they like laid off all of us and i was like well i'm and i wound up through PlayStation through a series of events and um, was did his product evaluator role, but whenever I got a chance to work on indie games that were coming through and this was like when that funnel started to open up like just a bit more and people could self-publish and there were sort of some good momentum there, those were always the games that I got most excited about and those were also the developers who were sort of the most like uh, receptive to feedback and just fun to work with. And I started kind of moonlighting and I'd go to the Game Developers Conference here and I'd go hang out in the Independent Games Festival and I'd talk to an indie and I'd be like, your game's great, you should put it on PlayStation. I, don't, I can't really help you myself because that's not my job, but let me like maybe connect you mm-hmm. to someone who can and sort of did some of that and kind of moonlight it as like, this indie developer relations guy into wow. kind of became my job nice. awesome. with some yeah. other people. But, um, so you were kind of like, the of you know. you know,
4: the go-to all guy. You know. Yeah, definitely the go-to guy.
5: <laughs> well, yeah, one of, one of you,
4: well, not just me. But of, but I, <laughs> but yeah. I,
5: I, uh, yeah, just, just try to similarly at PlayStation, try to push for like, um, giving more time and attention and love to, uh, a, a section of folks who are making some of the most interesting games and whether, yeah. whether that, you know whether they are indie or not. However, you define indie, whether that's sort of spiritually based on the type of game or the actual literal independence of the studio or the size of the team or the size of the budget. Regardless, I think uh, indies just tend to make some of you know the more interesting games, um, and therefore I think it's worth paying attention to, uh, regardless of any sort of bucketing as as indie. Yeah.
0: So, Nick, what was it? What was it like, at least from your point of view, trying to you know being that spearhead to the evolution of the indie mentality at PlayStation?
5: Um, I, you know, I think, uh, a lot of us were, again, we, we were sort of moonlighting in some of the stuff of like, (laughs) let me go talk to Indies because I'm interested in that space and I want to try to help them. And, um, at the time, uh, I think the leadership was supportive of what we were doing and that um, we had this uh, fund called the pub fund, like publisher fund, where we sort of got to help uh, fund some games and help them come to PlayStation in a bigger way. And so uh, I was sort of involved in that. And then when um, Adam Boyes came on board, um, who you might remember from, he was a longtime PlayStation guy, the, and he he runs uh, Iron Galaxy today, yep. or one of the guys who runs that. Who Most just got, infamous
0: oh, E3 yeah. Starts. Yeah, and, and him and Shu going. This is how you trade a game. <laughs>
5: right. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and congrats to Adam because Iron Galaxy just I think today they won one of like the best they places won. to work work with yep. work for. So, um so when Adam came on board, I think he really also helped. Uh, he sort of saw what we were doing in this little corner with indie stuff and helped like give that a bigger stage, as it were, like literally at E3 and put Indies on stage for the first time and mm-hmm. do a lot of that. So uh, really, it was just a lot of us, um, you know. Uh, pursuing things we cared about personally and like some of it was selfish for me it's like i I am a console guy i want to play your game on playstation so let me help you do that
0: Um, (laughs) there you go so let me ask you this with all that hard work that you and the team did back then including you know adam um before he left playstation what how does it make you feel when you see those reports now in the media that the devs are finding playstation to be almost anti-indie dev right now Mm-hmm. especially being uh, someone
1: who was at the like forefront you were you were at the front of the line when it came to playstation and, and sony and indies
5: i mean you know i got a lot of feelings about it of of course inevitably having been part of that mm-hmm. before but um I, there's a lot of great people over there and i still now as an external developer i work with them and uh you know I think working with any big company and any big any platform there's like a lot of challenges and I think uh coming from the days where the whole industry was set up to service like retail publishers making discs like it's you know it takes a long time to adjust from that to servicing it's sort of a whole different type of uh publishing and doing everything digitally mm-hmm. and there's struggles with you know with all platforms in different ways um and uh I think they I don't know. it's a thing that everyone I know like takes takes seriously and wants the best for developers and um the people I work with there are really genuine and hardworking and want mm-hmm. the same. So it's tough for me to like because I don't work there now, right? It's tough for me to like comment on yeah. on that or what changes they are or aren't making or whatever, uh or reacting to that. But um but yeah, I've had I mean and I, you know, again, I work with uh I work for like Panic as well and we are publishing a game called Nor, Play With Your Food, this weird sort of food experimental arts. So we're publishing that on PS five and really excited about that. Nice. And uh, you know, we they've been really supportive of putting us on uh their, you know, various media channels. And we had a video in um I forget if it was a state of play or something else a while back, but um so uh play with yeah, your so, food, huh? I'm sorry. <laughs> Playing with your food, huh? Playing with your food, exactly. Um, nice. Yeah. So, I, you know, I, of course, it's like I don't. I it doesn't feel great to like read those headlines, um, but I know there's like a lot of people there fighting for making things better um, to be like the best platform for Indies. So, uh, yeah, that's a.
0: So, from the sounds of it, I know, like, not to put you on, but it's more like you're you're finding it good versus these might just be outliers that just happen to be grabbing the big attention where they just scream loud enough to say, Hey, we're not getting attention and everybody's picking it up and making it. Like no,
5: I, I mean, I don't want to devalue anyone else's experience. I think, and uh, I think the experience anytime being uh, a small, I mean, in any industry whatever, being a small company, working with the big company, like there's always mm-hmm. going to be struggles that come with that. And I don't want to diminish anyone else's struggles. And I think, you know, every storefront is really crowded. Uh, and that's one of the challenges is standing <laughs> yeah. out and getting featured in any way. Like, um, so, yeah, I think that's that's totally like valid criticisms. Um, and I don't you know, the, the problem even of like that sort of thing of the storefront being crowded still wasn't like as extreme as it is now. So I don't really know how you deal with that. Yeah. Like, th- thankfully, in some ways, it's like not yeah. my problem to solve. But certainly I'm I'm someone who has to fight for that, too, uh, alongside other people to sort of get games yeah. that work on supported in
0: different ways and you bring up a valid point about a crowded storefront because honestly, one of my, my favorite indie games, I didn't even know existed until Theo was playing it in line at E3. And that was Hugh. (laughs) Mm. I absolutely love Hugh, but I never Mm. knew anything about it until I saw, you know, saw it being played. And sure enough, here it is on the store, but it's buried in between all the other noise. So Mm. I think to that, that does bring up a very valid point that it's, um, one of those things that i think that at least with the playstation store as it is right now there at least on the ps5 there's that indie (laughs) section on there that you can at least go in there and they kind of have the indie games kind of segregated a little bit from a ps5 perspective Mm -hmm. um but from an indie developer standpoint and game maker is where do you see the or see as big the biggest challenges that um you have in this current Climate of gaming, where you've got you know Game Pass and and everything else. Yeah. What are those biggest challenges that you face?
5: I mean, like you said, it is it is standing out for sure, right? It's like uh, even bigger than any one platform. It's like there's just tons of releases, right? There's like a thousand plus games released every day. I think on Steam alone. Um, so and and again, I think there's storefronts are trying to sort of like deal with that in different ways and sort of let the good stuff bubble to the top. Uh, it's whether that's automated or, or curated or whatever but um that you know that is a challenge for exposure and i think that's also why people are leaning more heavily on things pre-release like having some social media presence or like I, you know there was a whole article i read recently i want to say it was on vice um about people using tiktok to like market their indie games which is like this huge under tap resource um and starting Discord communities, mm-hmm. and talking to streamers, and doing like early access stuff. Like, there's a lot of things you can, and and depending on the game, probably in your resources, should be doing um, yeah. to sort of drum up this audience beforehand. So you're not entirely reliant on day totally one of, of you know someone featuring your game yeah. on their storefront. Because oh, yeah. um, that's I think that's not something that uh, yeah, like there isn't room for every good oh, yeah. game to be featured. So I think you have to you have to sort of. Assume that you're going to need to fight for yourself um, and just do your best to, to gather that interest. And, uh, and it's not that's not like a um, expertise of mine, definitely. So uh, I would hope to sort of like work with people on my team or hire another team who has that expertise to help me stand out. Um, or, you know, working with a publisher is another way, of course, mm-hmm. like a lot of these publishers have pre-existing relationships with platforms um, and have these set marketing channels and have their Twitter followers <laughs> and everything. So I can speak directly directly to people.
0: Is there when you nice. talk about the, the platform stakeholders and stuff, is there what can they do? You know, when we're talking, you know, PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo, I mean all of them, right? Is is there something that they can do better in order to help promote indie gaming as a whole? You know, not just specific games, you know, like you mentioned where they're spotlighted, but as a whole to kind of drive it, the same aspect that you see kind of like triple A's.
5: Mm. Um it's a good question. I, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, I think they've been doing it in an ever-increasing way uh, over the past 10 years or so, since these times I'm talking about when self-publishing became a thing uh, and trying to find, like like you mentioned with State of Play today, right? Where uh, like that, also, which I just watched like a second before I hopped on here with you guys, like watch the <laughs> Jet video. That was great to see. I didn't know. I mean, I, I did work on the game, but I'm not involved like day to day in what's happening with it. Right. So that was a nice surprise to me to see that they put some gameplay footage and stuff out there. Um, so I think platforms are certainly doing it and uh, in a bunch of different ways are trying to, cater to indies being part of like a meaningful part of the ecosystem. But again, it's like, that's, a uh, that's a big change from how things used to be, you know, before digital mm-hmm. games in general. Um, so yeah, I guess it just takes, it takes generations to do this and it takes, uh, you know, all the, I mean, I work with people at all these platforms who like deeply care about the games. Um, but they also have to go fight for these games internally, um, and help, Get them featured and, and get this kind of support yeah. and uh so yeah ultimately again as a dev i think if you can get a partnership with a platform or whatever like great um if you want to work with the publisher to help support your game great but i think um it's yeah it's a, it's a fight but just just as it is with any other medium like just as it is with uh mm-hmm. film or web comics or anything else it's like making art that uh you know you want to be able to like do that sustainably and um build your life or build a studio or whatever and it's like how do you stand out from the crowd um you know i wish i i wish i knew uh because i would i would be doing that in different aspects of my life um the biggest thing i'll say which i gave a talk on for you for a few years which um, is on youtube um now i gave it gdc like two or three years ago uh sort of the final form of that talk um is uh uh well now i 'm forgetting the name, but oh it's called um uh platforms or people to the importance of finding your champion and basically the premise of this talk is that uh platforms are are sort of not this monolithic entity like sore frenzy release your games to it's you know uh playstation caring about your game or nintendo caring about your game isn't really a thing like because that's just a company and, and it's people there that care about your game and so i think finding people whether it's at a platform or a publisher or in the press like people you know finding the right people to get excited about your game um and seeing what their tastes are and sort of getting on their radar so that they can go help you do that and help like promote your game to the world I think that's really important so I think finding those champions and again I, I would like to think that's true of like in all the entertainment <laughs> industries and whatever I think that's a really important piece of it so that's, that's probably what I'd encourage other devs
0: to do and sort of mm-hmm. where I've uh, found some success that makes sense yeah. so from the, the the writing perspective which is what you've done a lot with as well is what are your biggest challenges when you're trying to write for that indie project or be part of like the script and stuff like that when you're you're kind of going up against you know those triple a titles like you said kind of getting noticed but also you see the advent more of these free-to-play games like fortnite call of duty apex legends that you know they kind of have a loose story in there but it, there's no emphasis on story but you see people more flocking to these free-to-play games
5: like what like what do i have in mind like writing it well
0: Yeah. When you're writing the, what kind of challenges do you guys see, like trying to make the script engaging enough to where Mm. you're getting kind of noticed a little bit more than just these guys going to the free to play to go play Fortnite or Call of Duty. Um, I think, I think people who
5: are going to go play that are going to go play that. And I Mm -hmm. think uh, if you're spending most of your time playing Fortnite, like, I mean, I, I, I think I've played maybe like a minute of Fortnite. Like, I'm sure it's a great game. It's going to be a great game to to be that popular. And uh, I think if you're playing that, if that's the main thing you play, probably you're not really into stories and games, I I would assume. Um, Or if you, or maybe you play those less often and then you're going to go dig that kind of stuff up. So it's honestly a thing that I can't really like hold in my mind while I'm working on something. Like I can't think about, I guess, like what other types of very different experiences are out there. Mm -hmm. I just have to focus on the thing I'm making and like, let's give this the most compelling narrative context and um, I mean that's that's a question I'm going through on a project I'm working on right now with some friends is like how much story do we want there to be in the game because um, mm-hmm. uh, even though I'm a writer it's like I tend to prefer games with a very minimalist story and having more environmental okay. storytelling and um, oh, less okay. dialogue but that's not you know that's some stuff I look like I I love that's I love Final Fantasy games and things with a ton of dialogue. So I think it's about finding <laughs> what is the right fit for the project. Um, that's the real struggle, and then making it as good as you can. And, like, I can iterate on a line of dialogue, like, forever, but you can't because you have to draw a line and you have a finite budget and everything. So I think it's about, like, that's the struggle, is doing the best you can in the framework of that game and trying to make it interesting. And mm. even that's challenging enough, never mind thinking about, like, what else is happening in games. So it's I, I can't even get my head in the space i think of worrying about like are people not going to play this narrative driven game because they're like playing fortnite like i I don't think i can stop that so Mm -hmm. i just have to hope that we make a holistically compelling enough game that people do want to check it out
4: yeah no definitely because i mean like work on the uh uh, on top of goose game you know that that has like was almost a your make your own narrative you know where you just they just give you tasks to do and you're like hey you know what how do I do this task? And yeah. like for like hours, me, my wife, my sister, sister in law would just do the stupidest things, hmm. just because you're like, hey, you get to have fun, you know? Like that's and that's the whole point of it, and you get com- compelled by that you know? Yeah. It's, it's, and, uh, that's a lot of my favorite types of games is ones that are more performative
5: on the part of the player. So you yeah. get to, like, mm. express yourself and sort of make your own story in some sense within the framework of the game. And, like, Splunky is one of my favorite games ever. I've played <laughs> hundreds of hours of, of <laughs> Splunky games. And that's another one, too, where there's, like, there's some story threaded throughout. There's a little bit of yeah. text and a little bit of environmental story. But largely, it's like you are, the experience you're having is, uh, like, this performative thing being pieced together through your actions and your relationship to the game, not mm. like an overt, uh, you know, description of everything you're doing.
4: Yeah. yeah. And I feel that too, like going back to the indies, like, you know, like a, just, it's, I feel that it's great that finally the indies are now, like super popular, especially oh, yeah. in, in this, in this current time, like you can, you can see like once one of them blows up, you have the flavor of the month again, you know, like, out city was one among us was one for a long time and among us had been out for many years beforehand yeah. and it's just like it's that just one thing that just blows it up and you know it, it brings people to think like oh it's not just it's not just fps it's not just an rpg yeah. you know indie kind of blends everything it wants to and i love that part of the indie the indie That's good scene point yeah That's very good point.
1: it's finally a, a valid sh- a genre yeah, you know, it's, it's a okay, valid on yeah, yeah. It's not just like
4: like oh like three guys put it together and it's this like DOS uh <laughs> this DOS type it up. <laughs> you
2: know?
5: Well and I think that's the uh the ultimate sort of goal and result of any of development being legitimized in the way that it is now is like, you know, I I I see that there's value in um promoting indies as, like, a group of creative, interesting games, but also, at the same time, I think um, the way we talk and think about them now are just games alongside other games. Like, you mentioned Bastion, and we can talk about Bastion. Uh, It's an amazing game in, like, every way, and, you know, what, Hades uh, won, like, every game of the year last year, and uh, it won, you know, it won, like, best action game, it won best writing, it won best art, like, so up against things like Coast of Tsushima, which is incredible, and on the other end of the spectrum in terms of like production size and everything. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're just talking about indie games as games, and I think that's sort of the ultimate successful result is we don't need yeah. to... There doesn't need to be like a yeah, caveat yeah. or an asterisk or whatever that it's an indie game. It's like, no, it's just <clears throat> an incredible game.
0: Right. You speak of Hades, I'll be spending money on it again once it hits the PlayStation yeah, store. me too. <laughs> 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 I've got on my Switch. Um, so of all the projects you've worked on, up to this point, not including the ones that you haven't announced or that haven't released or anything yet sure. is, do you have a project that you hold most dear? It was like your favorite to work on.
5: Um, I mean, I was like, very honored and lucky to be able to work on Celeste as like the first game after I left Oculus um, just because I think Celeste like resonated deeply with a lot of people and I had a, I had a relatively small role in the team that came in pretty late in development and helped sort of punch up the script as it were but I think that's just like a wonderful game and I feel like I can compliment it as just a fan because it was great before I showed up and and I <laughs> maybe I helped it make like .001% better but um, <laughs> that was just like a wonderful team and experience and so that was just a really joy to work on and a great uh, introduction introduction for me into uh working in independent development more formally. So that was great. Um. I think uh, a game that I released or that I worked on that released um, this past fall called Carto. Um, it's this really like cute sort of uh, puzzle adventure game with this map mechanic and pu- published by Humble Games. Um, but that's developed um, by a Taiwanese team um, who I worked with as sort of their, uh, I was just a fan of theirs years ago and ended up getting to know them and interviewed <laughs> them for my Shout Out the Colossus book and some other stuff and ended up coming on as kind of a consultant and then becoming their uh, sort of lead writer and and dev guy oh, um, wow. just because those oh. are my two weird like skills that I sometimes do on the same game <laughs> uh, even though they're very different so that game I'm really proud of because I think I came in like early enough to have a meaningful impact on um, on the narrative and um, oh, got to cool. write some really okay. uh, some really bad jokes for uh, which was fun <laughs> and um, I think that game has just been um, received really warmly and uh, it's you know it's an Xbox game pass which meant that just like a ton of people have played it which is nice so I can go on on Twitter and for carto and like see people talking about it and sometimes pointing out jokes that i wrote and stuff and that's just <laughs> super fun for me um uh there was actually a really nice uh, quick story i'll tell for that game there's an event um annually during game developers conference here called day of the devs that double fine puts on And they did this at the Alamo Drafthouse Theater here in San Francisco a couple of GDCs ago. And they had a thing where devs would come on and they would showcase their game and they would um, sort of like play the demo and talk about the game for like on the like on the the movie theater. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Which was awesome. So um, so I went there to uh, so um, Leo, who's like the creative director and lead on the game, he was there presenting it, and I came just to watch it and support him and i i uh like was watching him put on this demo, and that was actually the first time so I'd, I'd come in and I had sort of like rewritten the dialogue in their demo um so that was the first time I had sort of my voice in the game, and I was watching the audience watch this demo and like laughing at these jokes so I had like <laughs> A theater where I go to two or three times a week in normal times, like a theater full of my peers, like laughing at a joke that I wrote. And that I, I just kind of forgot that my dialogue was in the demo. And that was just like an amazing experience for me and really encouraging. Oh, that's um, awesome. So that was, yeah, that was great. And so that project I, I just really enjoyed and I'm really proud of. Um, and it's out on like every platform for anyone who's interested um, so yeah. yeah not gonna lie i'm Switch actually purchasing it right PlayStation. now oh, um you. i just looked it up to make sh-
0: to find out which one of the platforms i gotta buy it on so i'll I'm going pc go cool. get on there i'll get it
5: on. Uh, i think it's pretty similar across every platform honestly just depends what your preference is Go um, PlayStation. Yeah. and then um, i mean uh jet jet that you mentioned as well like yep. i've just been like such a huge fan of of super brothers of of craig the the sort of the 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 dude behind Super Brothers um and he's built this amazing team to help finish this game and I was like lucky to be a small part of it but I'm just really psyched to have another game out there from him um and for everyone else to get to experience it and was mm-hmm. yeah really impressed by the gameplay video they put out today because it's just that much more polished and uh it, than than when it, it worked
0: it feels this. a little bit like No Man's Sky in mm. in some yeah. regards. Mm. yeah yeah sure um
5: yeah, I got that. Which talking well. about
0: you know small teams and everything like that, you look at I mean, <clears throat> Hello games. That was yeah. one person really at the time really starting that project. Um, so when you look at your days at, at PlayStation with bringing these indies to the platform, do you have like a kind of like a top five list of your favorite games? I know you mentioned Spelunky, oh, so that's we can kind hard of like as a that's, that, that is news. I know it's
5: right. my top five children. Um. Yeah, <laughs> right. exactly. It's. Oh, I have I
4: mean,
5: uh,
0: Okay. <laughs> um, you want to say it
5: right now on the air? You can declare your favorite child for
0: all of oh, <laughs> Right now, I mean, Jerry knows it. I mean, right now, my 16-month-old is dealing with teeth. You know, he's got two teeth coming in right now. So, he's not sleeping well unless he's held. So, you know, oh, I'm boy. trying to help out because my wife now gets up at 4.30 in the morning to go to work. Cool. So, because I work from home, you know, I have the ability to where I can just literally get up at a quarter to six. Yeah walk down the hallway to the office and and start working you know so i, I kind of take you know try and take care of it as much as possible but as of late he's been kind of keeping me up a little bit longer kind of losing like losing status like an <laughs> <laughs> just a little knocked down no ride. i i love him it's just yeah it's yeah. just one yeah. of those things like right now yeah <laughs> it's a yeah. minimal margin between um, them
5: <laughs> i mean I, it's also tough for me because i think a lot of these like the devs i work with are like really good friends of mine and it's hard to sort of mm-hmm separate the fact, like, I just value their friendship and, and therefore that pro- I really value the projects really deeply. Um, so some of them, for instance, like N++, I don't know if you guys have ever played the N series, it's like this incredible, uh, really difficult platformer with like thousands of levels. Um, and there was, I, N++ was a game that I reviewed back in, again, back in my press days, got to know mm-hmm. the developers over the years and then helped them bring N++, this very ambitious sequel to PlayStation. And uh Mary and Regan, who are the devs behind it, like are two of my favorite people I've met in games i'm still a good friends with them and uh i think that game is incredible and it you know it feels like they made it for me and um you know they will they will say themselves like one of the reasons they made it is because i wouldn't stop badgering them to like make it and then i would try to help it and, and fund it via playstation so like maybe
0: you know in a small way um i mean n plus plus you bring that up that used to be a, a common weekly topic amongst you guys on what levels you guys true. are getting to yeah yeah yeah
5: yeah totally um so, yeah, that's, I mean, that's really close to my heart. Uh, so there's, there's a few like that, I guess. Like And again, um, Sports Friends is another one, which is this, like, really crazy local multiplayer uh, sort of suite of games, including Johan Sebastian Joust, which was, like, one of the more interesting games to play with the move controller, where you had to, like, hold your controller still and uh and so friends try to like shove each other to get you to move the controller and then you're out so it's like this physical person (laughs) tag game uh which is amazing you guys should all google some some video footage of this um and uh so my my really good friend doug um he's helped put together that package with people like that foddy and other amazing devs and um that i worked really closely on him with and they did a kickstarter that we sort of integrated the playstation stuff into and back sort of early days of this stuff and um and he's one of the co-hosts of my podcast as well now. So there's just people in my life like this that like projects are really meaningful to me because I just was a huge fan of them, and I, I managed to help them out at PlayStation, and then also just through that process, I, I sort of made good friends out of it. And I think that's mm-hmm. the most you can like the best you can hope for from a job. So uh, <laughs> that's like a couple that that jumped to mind at least.
0: Um, awesome. Yeah. So with that okay so let's kind of get out of that space jason i'll let you ask questions
4: <laughs> no i mean like it's it's, it's just cool to say hearing from like you know the indie perspective because like a lot of people need to know like how how do people find these like games out of nowhere you know that's again i remember where we, we were saying earlier that like you know it's kind of hard for them to get the publisher it's kind of hard for them to like find that like avenue of media that they're trying to get to but i mean like it's like it is difficult trying to find these like pinpoint ones unless yeah. like someone a streamer just like blows it up you know uh because i mean and plus i wouldn't i had never heard of it you know and mm-hmm. it, even though it was already like kind of you like you had reviewed it it's just is there's like some some like way that you can find these small indie things
5: it's a great question i mean i think it's changed a lot too because 10 years ago it was just a matter of like tuning into a handful of Mm -hmm. websites you know it was pre streamers and pre like um, youtubers and um the sort of the role of the the press in games has changed a lot uh and it's not just about sort of like focusing on one set of curators um for me i feel like i get it like uh you know i i i mean I kind of hate all social media, but I do. I'm like a prisoner of Twitter. Um, So (laughs) on Twitter, I feel like I follow enough other uh, people that I like in games, whether it's like other developers or, uh, yeah, or some press people or whatever. And I feel like because I follow enough of them, I feel like interesting things kind of get filtered through their lens and exposed to mm-hmm. me as well. Um, like there's
1: suggestions for games, like anyone playing this, you got, you should try it. And yeah. You, or yeah, they'll just tweet know. about
5: what they're excited about or like, Oh yeah. man, I'm loving this game. Um, so that's a great way. I think, uh, you know, I think there's game communities like, like reset era, the message board, which is one that I've just like followed for many years that, um, that's one place too, where I feel like interesting stuff often sort of like bubbles to the surface that I check out. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, I, you know, I don't really, I'm not tuned in gaming media. Like I don't listen to, you know, including my own, I don't listen to, and sorry to you guys, I don't listen to gaming podcasts. Like I listen to podcasts, but for whatever reason, it's like all the podcasts I listen to are not games. It's like whatever science or comedy or something else, but, um,
0: hey, none taken. Uh, I mean, I listen to, to, you know, star talk a lot, you know, I, not necessarily, I don't listen to always gaming podcasts. So I get it.
4: No, it's just always interesting and that's why i was just curious from uh a like a side perspective you know and i like i was able to get theo into one of the games uh, yeah. uh killer queen black um, or that bomb game that we tried oh yeah and also keep talking and nobody else explodes you know and i <laughs> So it's, it's it's kind that.
3: Of, like indies are kind of at
1: this weird like middle avenue where you still hear that word of mouth or by a friend or it's getting publicity or it's yeah. getting oh, promoted you know definitely it's, it's still growing but it's still at that like cool like it still feels very indie so yeah yeah, and yeah. i mean, i still
3: appreciate with like indies that like or like the conventions that really give the opportunities to the indies because like uh, if you ever go to pax like pax has a great mm-hmm. area for indies and so many let's that's how i got into contrast when it was before it came out yeah. uh, at indie game and that's and that's how i discovered it's it just because i went to pax and it was mm-hmm. such a great
0: uh environment God, to i gotta go back and them. finish that Thanks for reminding me about that. You're welcome. <laughs> I mean, I played, I remember getting contrast back when it first came out.
3: Like I mean, that's another game games. on the list that I haven't mm. actually finished, but I own, but still. yeah,
4: no, there's, there's tons, but I, I like, I love just checking out like what, who's playing what on indie scenes, mm-hmm. you know, because those are like, I, I get the flavor of the month, you know, like right now, knockout city is still like reigning supreme ish. Mm. Um, but, you know, you, like once the next one comes out, like everyone's just like, yo, like you got to check it out. And you know, mean, they're moderately I mean, cheap, too. You know, like they're $5, yeah, yeah. oh, 15 God. usually at like max-ish, mm-hmm. you know, quote unquote. A lot of them are decently long for that price. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Like it's, it is. it <laughs> is. They put heart and soul. And that's what you Welcome see back, baby. the most like well (laughs) sorry about that
5: that's the i've ever done that i like i I just kicked my power outlet and just all my stuff yes
3: i totally do that all the time i've done that before
5: too dude in my in my 13 years of podcasting i've never done that so i'm
4: sorry (laughs) hey there's first for everything hey Um, but but no like i love that just like you know like you can see you can feel the heart and soul of every indie game that they put in like you feel it from the first minute all the way to the very end. You ride along the whole time. My friend just finished off a monster dungeon monster, monster something. And it was, and we would all just play along with him. Like he would stream it and you'd get all these different monsters and all of us would just start naming it. These like random things, you know, just because like you get, you you go along this journey, you go, you do go along a journey and it's not and even journey journey was amazing, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, you go along this journey and you're just like, this is like one, like small group of people that is just like, this is like what I want to see. This is what, like my, my vision of the game is. And it's just like, man, yeah. like to put it there's, into there's reality. There's really
1: been a, thir- a thirst for originality and, and, different perspectives and different looks. I think that's what Indie has really brought was just a very imaginative, different types of games that people find unique and true variety. Yeah. True variety.
4: That's why I think we're, we're
1: getting more and more appreciative of that and wanting that.
0: Nick, let me ask you a question. So did we, when the Vita finally was like, it, we finally got that nail in the coffin on the Vita. Did we really lose a champion on the on the indie side? Because I mean, that platform was great for indies. Uh, it,
5: it was, yeah. It was I mean, a lot of my favorite indie games too are I think are like Splunky. Even I think that was like my favorite version of Splunky. So that was, um, yeah, yeah. I, I, that I mean, I, I played it a lot for years, and it was sad to sort of like see it die down as a place people would port games to. But I, I was like, you know long gone by by that point um but uh yeah i love that
4: i love
0: that little thing hey, i still play mine yeah, I feel like man, man, as i
4: start a uh, a little petition a little well is revive Vita Vita Vita. it's yeah, revive not even Vita. that the
0: twitter's doing it for us because um <clears throat> you know nintendo announced the new switch with the oled Mm-hmm. this week and everybody yeah. has been saying oh look vita did that how many yeah. years ago <clears> yeah yeah so there's been kind of like this movement you know everyone's kind of talking about yeah. the Vita all of a sudden again uh, and it's great to see
5: yeah i mean i think vita vita fans are really like uh, proselytize it and both the developers as well that's why some of there were like all these great indie games on vita is because as soon as developers got their hands on it they're like oh this is great i want to i want to experience my thing on this um so, uh, yeah, I, you know, maybe it, it, it wasn't like the most uh, massively adopted device, but I think everyone who had it like, had a lot of love for it.
1: I, and I've actually been – I mess with Matt about the Vita all the time, but I've actually, <laughs> I've actually uh, reiterated and said this too. If it was ever to make a comeback with what we have to work with now and t- technology and the controllers, the haptics, everything, <laughs> even remote playing – yeah. I if it if there was ever a time for it to come back, I would say now. I would definitely it to agree to have with that. A, quite uh, you know a good chance of not dying out but kind of making mm-hmm. kind of a rebirth
4: well
5: i will also if i can be a little bit self-promotional on behalf of panic who i work for i will also promote uh another another uh portable which you guys may may find interesting uh, if you haven't seen it yet which is the, yes. what? the oh, what? which has uh, a little crank that pops out on the side which can be used in gameplay no. Uh, it is a what? black and white screen, uh, very very high contrast. It's really beautiful, <laughs> and this will we're, we're taking awesome. pre for that for this thing soon. And it's a cool little device that a bunch of red indie game uh, devs are making games for. So,
1: oh, that's super oh, no cool! Way.
5: That's what? Awesome, yeah. There's Does a it come in different colors. Uh, nope, just this color. Um, okay. just, just the very, yeah, it's, it's, so it's made, um, the design of it is by teenage engineering who do, do a bunch of different like high end kind of synths and other music equipment, um, based in Sweden. And, uh, we put out kind of a Nintendo direct style video about the play date, uh, a couple mm. weeks ago so i'd encourage folks to go check that out if, if the concept of having like a weird black and white portable with the crank is intriguing to you like go watch this little, like 12 minute <laughs> video because we I'll really break down a getting, lot of like out.
3: flashbacks to like yeah. game boy days yeah just oh with man oh, game right. boy color yeah yeah. Right. And it's, yeah and it's super and, thin no, original, it man. is yeah.
4: it is thinner than my wallet so I, like, like yeah. i can just like and you know. said,
1: uh that's cool nick you said it was on uh, kickstarter
5: um, no, so we're gonna be uh, just opening up pre-orders basically, uh, like oh, cool. re- really soon. Um, oh, okay. And so it'll just be yeah, it'll be like sort of an on pre-order thing. Um, kind of if you've seen like the analog ST or any of those, there's been like these other portable platforms that play like like SNES games or Genesis games or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, in a similar style, only we're not gonna close pre-orders. It's not like a finite amount. We're just going to take them this as many as people cr- want, and then we'll looking. we'll fulfill them as cool. we as we make them. So. Um yeah, okay. yeah i right now, online. which cool. Yeah. To everybody
0: dot, um play, play dot dot date. Date. Yeah. This is really cool.
5: Um It's a weird little thing. Uh,
0: um it is, it's
5: <laughs> Yeah, it's a lot of fun. So anyway, that's uh, sorry, that's my, my pivoting Vita talk
0: into being self promotional hey. about <laughs> no, that's okay, man. Hey, no. I we are all for people talking about their projects, yeah and coming plug out. Plug it as, in. Especially that's as cool. Long, as <laughs> it really does like not ble- you know, as long as it doesn't break an NDA, we're good. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well,
5: I wish I could tell you about like the thing that I, I'm like just embarking on a on a new thing of sort of a bigger scale than i have in the past with the new team that i really want to talk Ooh. about but it's sort of in process right now oh, and yeah. hopefully it's, it's something where when it comes out in a couple of years i'll be able to come back and talk about
0: in depth. Oh, de- most yeah. definitely. Most definitely, exciting
1: exciting <laughs> so something to look forward to yeah,
0: yeah. So it's, it's something that you know we're all about is just you know it being kind of like a game night you know when we're talking with friends mm-hmm. and family and stuff like that so what is your favorite game, whether it's card game, board game, video game, whatever it is, what is your What's favorite the, game yeah. to play for game night when you are you are able to have one with family and friends? What's the family <coughs> game night game? The COVID.
5: What's the thrown... like,
1: challenge accepted game?
5: Yeah. Oh, uh, well... Man, as soon as you do in board games, that's tough, because I'm a big board gamer as well. I wish I could like... Oh, sweet. I have like a massive closet with uh, several hundred games right over there. Oh, around. Um, (laughs) There is a game, I'll just tell you about this very weird specific game, called Wind the Film, uh, which is made by a Japanese publisher called Sashi and Sashi. And I'm very into Japanese games as well. And I usually, in normal times, I, I do like an annual trip there and I go sort of do some deep deep shopping and bring back a whole bag of, of games and, and <laughs> you, can, you, you can you can import some of them but some of them you gotta, gotta go hunt down on foot because um, the shops yeah.
1: Out, yeah the shops out there man they've got libraries yes yeah exactly yeah. uh so it's one
5: awesome. of the film is this really interesting game about um japanese street photography in like the 50s i believe based on a certain type of camera uh that could like take two exposures on the same uh frame of film um and it's just this game i think japanese games tend they have a few things in common which is why i like them uh one they tend to be smaller scale and come in smaller boxes like a lot of things in japan because people's homes are smaller um so a lot of them are sort of necessitate smaller boxes not i feel like a lot of western games are like you know giant uh box of like um uh what's it called the big classic like top game of the past few years um like gloomhaven. Yes, thank you, gloomhaven. Yeah, uh, which I also have in my closet. But like gloomhaven's <laughs> like this like twenty five pound
4: game yeah, under- like a thing with <laughs> like, it's like thirty pounds, of- and it's got like five thousand little pieces. Like yeah, and like, <laughs> a, you know, like yeah. You, you, a
5: session is going to take you 10 hours, whatever. I've sort of gone the other direction where, like, I love, like, a 20- to 40-minute game. I think. Oh, yeah. Knockout. I think, uh, aesthetically, they tend to be really beautiful. I think just a lot of Japanese art direction is really interesting. Um, and thematically as well, like, this game is about street photography. It's not just whatever, like, fantasy. Yeah, it's pinpoint. It's overtaking sweet. land that sounds or interesting. Very um, pinpoint. Really great. And the metaphor of taking film really builds into the gameplay where each turn you have to, like snap photos that go uh you you have a hand of cards but you can't adjust the like the order of the cards so you snap a photo and you put it on one end of your hand and then you have to Wind the film in quotes, uh, and you, you have to move one uh, card somewhere in your hand to somewhere else in your hand, and then play cards from the back of your hand. So it's just this really interesting metaphor for like winding film in a camera, and you're capturing different cool. value pictures. Uh, anyway, it's a, I realize I'm describing like a very specific game, but it is like my maybe my second favorite board game, and. Uh, most people I play games with like they have played it at this some point because I've always busted out and I've brought a couple <laughs> copies back for them as well and I think it's just like an incredible <laughs> game um, that uh, is difficult to get but hopefully that's not always the case I think like there's a French publisher who has the license a lot of other country uh, public a lot of publishers based in other countries tend to like license these games for their country um yeah. but i'm hoping eventually someone licenses this to bring it to the u.s because it's like just one of the best games ever and uh i'm reminded of that every time i play it so that's probably uh, my, my weird my weird game night
0: pick i would be a cool. nerd with that game
5: great yeah, yeah. oh that's definitely a weird yeah, as as you a into
0: photography i mean yeah, i'm like straight i'm to like Matt. justin <laughs> like mm-hmm. justin and i have actually talked on twitter and stuff like that about our cameras <laughs> so <Yeah>. we're <laughs> um yeah justin is a deep deep photography nerd yes he is and i am jealous of some of the equipment he has Mm -hmm. (laughs) um no that stuff is expensive too. (laughs) yes it is i mean my camera body alone was 1600 oh boy (laughs) yeah yeah and it it takes some gorgeous shots i mean i'm a a canon guy i know justin's a now moved on to sony sony glass and whatnot which Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's sony's making some really good glass um so, yeah, so as as we kind of wind things down tonight, um, Nick, what what have you been playing lately? If you have I, any time to play.
5: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, you know, I try to, I mean, it is difficult. Like, sometimes when you work for yourself, you can just spend all your time working if you let yourself. So, but I try to sort of have a good work-life balance, especially uh, while we're still kind of semi-locked down. Um, just so that I can, uh, yeah, stay healthy and balanced and everything, which can be difficult. But the game I've been playing most recently, which is a game I've played like a million hours of over the years. I don't know if you guys have ever played the Earth Defense Force series. Anybody? Nope, yeah, yeah. Okay. Great. Okay. No. I got one or two. Yeah. Um, it's just <laughs> so it started as like a like a budget series in Japan on the PS2 days, um, and I'm playing Earth Defense Force Five currently. I'm on my fourth playthrough with a friend. Uh, we're like 210 hours in. Um, <laughs> wow! It's, dang! it's, it's, I, it's... I, I I think, and I will write this medium article or this diatribe somewhere one day. I think it is the best shooter, uh, and has been the best shooter for most of its existence. It's kind of like a cult beloved thing for how goofy and silly it is because it's a game where like uh, sort of giant bugs and aliens have invaded the Earth and each level is just like fighting a horde of giant ants or robots or Godzilla type creatures and it's just a big dumb action game. Um, (laughs) But I think there's actually a lot of really brilliant, funny interesting game design within that framework and uh, let me me turn my air filter off Uh, sorry Um, and it got all angry and loud because (laughs) <laughs> again, California air just comes and goes in quality. Um, so uh, there's been a, several of them throughout the years. And again, we're sort of deep into many playthroughs on this one. It's like my comfort food. I play with my friend Alfredo, uh, one of my best friends who lives in L.A. So it's it's my, it's my like the only game I really play online. But it's like a way I keep in touch with him. And it just ends up being a nice social lobby like a lot of these things. But I think it's just a brilliant series. Um, there's like an endless amount of content in them. And it doesn't feel cynical. It feels very generous with the different fun things you can do. Uh it has different character classes that all play very differently and that's why we're on our fourth playthrough is because there's four character classes and we change classes each time so we're we're playing through with every different pair oh nice characters Ah. um One just came out called World Earth Defense Force World Brothers on Switch and PS4, um, which is it it looks a bit it has a very different art design. It looks more like Roblox and is I kind of hate how it looks. Um but I will still play it because it's in the series. And so this one we're kind of finally wrapping up so that we can move on to that one. And also Earth Defense Force Six, the next mainline game in the series. Uh, there's some video out there for that. That's been announced. It's sort of the one, se- one of the few series that still comes to Japan first, and then comes to the US like a year mm-hmm. later. Like yeah. it usually doesn't yeah. sim ship. Um, that one, uh, I also might try to import because I'm crazy. Um, it's just a big dumb shooter, but it's I think it's actually also brilliant um, and very satisfying, and and does scale uh and just action set pieces in a way that like no other game does and i find it very satisfying so Mm, that's the main one Uh, i've also been playing a little bit of manifold garden um which was a really beautiful indie game that came out like a year ago or so on like a bunch of platforms including ps4 and apple arcade it got a ps5 patch recently you might have seen a screenshot of it at some point uh it looks like an mc escher painting very sort of like black and white very stark but sort of Crazy infinitely repeating geometry. Um you should just Google some screenshots because it's really stunning. And uh it's this guy, William cheer the developer uh based in Chicago, um, he is an architecture guy. He wasn't a developer, he was an architect. And he sort of assembled a game and built this team. And it's I find that I've really enjoying these last few months playing games, um, both that and other games I've been playing for my podcast, made by people outside of games. I think if you bring non-games mentality and you aren't sort of leaning on the history of games you can tend to make some more interesting stuff that people who are really embedded in games wouldn't really think to do um Uh so i think the games are not really great and as sort of uh you know as interesting as it looks which i think is really high praise um
0: i was looking at buying that one when i was looking through the indie games last night i'm watching the trailer right now this thing looks gorgeous
5: it's really gorgeous and especially on ps5 it's like silky smooth um and uh just yeah really interesting and creative and um the sort of game where it's just like fun to walk around and look at things and take screenshots
3: nick i think uh my wallet is starting to hate you right now yeah <laughs>
5: <laughs> i
1: totally understand your addiction man uh I, I have a similar one with red dead 2
5: oh uh, yeah yeah oh yeah at that yeah that's another one where we could do like, it is forever. it simply
1: Jay, addiction don't start. Don't or is start, it on problem it's, it's yeah. my go-to he I, that oh, one easy. is also i get it i totally I, I get think, the obsession
5: yeah i think people have games that have, have a different role in your life and especially the last year and a half being really difficult it's like comfort food yeah um, and it's something where yeah. you your relationship changes uh, to the game with how you play it and you, you have a different sort of like emotional uh, connection with it. Mm-hmm. And I think those games, like I'm sure we all have those games and it just plays a different role in your life. Um, it's not a thing I want to play because it's the hot, cool new thing or it doesn't sort of like, um, you know, stimulate me as a, as a creative person necessarily. Or I mean, maybe it did initially, but it, that's worn off after like hundreds of hours. But it still really like, you know, uh, fills my cup in some ways. So I think that's important to have those too So, so don't feel any shame about Red Dead.
1: No, I don't. No. I find that I find that <laughs> interesting
5: <laughs> only because what I played of Red Dead 2 I like that is a game that I feel like like hates its player more than most games uh where I think just like doing a lot of basic <laughs> things was like such a struggle in a way that I really like it made me respect it. I was like, man, you like really want me to like clean my it, horse it was, in a way that like, is it, like yeah, <laughs> it was annoying truly and made
1: not, yeah. yeah for a true <laughs> rock star fan.
5: Yes, exactly. Because like, like
1: rockstar like, if you're on your horse you gotta ride your horse from there yeah. to the other side of the map it was like, almost like no... rockstar
5: was like we're we can do anything we want let's try to just make a game that like is just like <laughs> some things are just like mundane and awful to do but we're still going to sell a million copies because we can't just going to make it difficult so and, and I mean, make I it respect, realistic i respect it yeah. exactly. <laughs> like realism at the expense of everything else um so I really respect it and I enjoyed what I played at that game but it's like to me again like that that's your comfort game it's like man that's like a it's like a rough comfort game cuz that game is not comfortable
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah man uh, no I'm not like already a huge Rockstar fan but Loved the first Red Dead, but everything yeah. that I was hoping for and, like, expected. Because yeah. I'm a big Western fan, too. Nice. Oh, yeah. I Like, I can just ride, travel. I could camp
0: and just be... No, no. Satisfied. You could
1: fish. You could <laughs> fish, fish for hours. Oh, I fish like crazy, man.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. So like, there, God. oh, yeah. We'd be trying to play, you know, all of us get online. It would be Jerry and Thea, my wife, and I. We'd all be trying to get online to play. Jerry would be like, yeah, I'll be there in, in a few, right? <laughs> got fish to catch I, I, yeah hour yeah, later where are you? Legenda- I'm still trying to those catch legendary fish.
1: fish yeah the legendary animals i go for it all man yeah my my like second playthrough i got all the animals i got all of the fish all all the legendaries and like you know how you, you scribble in your journal like the little hmm. scri- i'm pretty sure i got every kind of scribble you can
5: find Nice. I like how you also could yeah. be describing Animal Crossing, by the way, with everything you just said.
3: <laughs>
1: See, that's why I couldn't get into am, an, uh, a, animal, animal Crossing. <laughs> that's
5: why we point
3: over to Matt for yeah. that one. You're like, I played this game. Yeah. That's right. Not.
1: That's why I couldn't get into it because I was, I'm already <laughs> um, hooked on one other game. That was man. already too much. That was another commitment yeah. game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Couldn't do it.
0: But so, it was fun. Audrey, what have you been able to play
1: in the last? You're going to laugh at me because it's oh, my other, it was my other addiction game that I was going to
0: mention. Newman's in chat so just I got back back in
1: dude uh, I'm finishing my third run through of breath of the wild
3: nice
0: there you go yeah
1: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so I started I, I when I when I stopped playing it it was still fairly early so uh I'm it's like I'm playing the beginning of the game and I like I'm having a blast
3: do you ever so, watch any of those uh, speed run videos of people going through? Nope, dude. You need to load up. Dude, those you need to things. watch those. Those are hilarious. So Actually, the you, craziest
5: things they you do. You might be with right time stop and launching rocks well, and stuff. It's there's so probably, it, there's so probably a run cheering. happening this week, right? Because games done quick is happening right yep. now. So. Yeah, there you go. Yeah.
1: You might be right because i I'm, I might want some like tips on how to like climb a bit faster or get like to certain no. areas oh, no. that yeah. yeah i feel like the weather is just can always against you in that game it's whenever you're climbing it immediately starts raining yeah oh my cool. god okay but i have an important question for
5: you as a huge fan of that game mm-hmm. uh because i need to i need to represent my favorite game uh the one i wrote a book about uh have you played shadow of the colossus
1: absolutely Okay. I even have the I, I okay, have the uh, I can, re-release in, on PS4. Just,
0: okay, I can just, go on record. I have right. never played it. However, yeah. I did try to fire it up last night, but I was just so tired. I was like, I cannot give it the oh. full attention to yeah. begin with. So, oh. I that is a yeah. game that actually I'm getting ready to start playing.
1: Right. Oh no, joke, man! Right. Like I, I have to say, I, I, my first copy I bought. Jason and I were working together at our video game store. Nice. I could not stop raving about that game because like, it was one of those first, like, kind of games that came out that was just so different.
5: I worked hey, at man. EB Games at the time and oh, it had an effect on me and that's what got me into games. Yeah,
1: yeah, I like, uh, I destroyed that game when it came out on PS2. And,
5: and I think, oh, I, uh, I, I bring it up mainly because... Um, so when I wrote my book on Shadow of the Colossus, uh, it, this is in the Boss Fight book series, which is sort of all books about different, um, like classic games or, or niche games or something um, by different authors. And uh, one thing I mentioned in there is I think Shadow of the Colossus actually was a very singular game that largely was not very influential in a lot of overt ways. I think Eco, which was like its predecessor, was very influential yeah. on games like The Last yeah. of Us, Half-Life mm-hmm. and other big series. Uh, Shadow of the Colossus was influential in other ways of sort of um, games about scale to build a sense of awe and minimalist storytelling and reductionist design. But as far as other games that sort of have any sort of the feel of shadow of the Colossus, there's very few, but this was in a pre breath of the wild world, uh, mm, breath yeah. of the wild came out. And actually, I think just in terms of being in a big landscape on your horse by yourself, Oh, it's very much like all this stuff to do. I think oh, you're yeah. actually very aesthetically influenced by it. So my book, I think is not quickly out of date. I've, I've sort of wanted to write like an updated chapter about this, but, um, <laughs> but uh but yeah i think anyone who enjoys breath of the wild it's like a lot of the dna of that game i think stems from
4: shadow of the colossus absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Definitely.
1: A, a large portion of it it's yeah very influential from i mean like uh,
4: the uh what was the director uh yeah Ueda. like all three of his games uh i go shadow colossus and last guardian all three of them have like if you take bits and pieces, you can build Breath of the Wild. Honestly, mm, yeah, from yeah. all three of those games, yeah, and it's it's just uncanny that you bring that up because yeah, it is a. This was made what 2000, 2005 for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah two thousand five. This is fifteen ish years ago. Yeah, That is and just like, it's, it, was,
1: it's it, it, was still, such, it was. still holds so, up. So it, it still holds up because it was, it not only did it stand out, but it was also one of those first kind of games. It was just, it was almost like a silent movie. Like yeah. it wasn't mm. a lot of like diet. There wasn't any dialogue
4: or like, there was a goal. Yeah. There was a goal. There was a goal that was, how do you do this? And yeah. the rest is up to you.
1: All of the cinematics kind of made you mm. interpret the story yeah, it was kind of one. Yeah, really was one no. of a kind. That's why I mean, the opening, like fans
0: wanted it to get re released. I mean, the opening is gorgeous. I got through that part before my eyes were like, "Nope." Yeah. <laughs> it'll
5: it'll <laughs> be there. It'll be there for you. <laughs> like many. it'll
0: okay. be
4: there. It is. <sighs>
0: oh yeah. And I'm actually going to go back and do Last Guardian as well. Nice. Give that another, yeah. another try and see if I can get through it. It just Another at the time I played too. it it wasn't it wasn't holding my interest so I'm going to give it another shot so, I mean, just to, to see how yeah, it and that's
4: in. that's the thing too you know like it is it it's all all three of Weta's games just like my wife is a huge fan of it cool. so it, like it just instantly was like she's like oh my god it's made by the same people like yeah. I'm yeah. picking it up and it, like it it has that story where it's a story Telling a little bit but you kind of piece everything together yourself yeah you know and it's so great
5: and, and i think last guardian as well that reminded me i think in some ways uh ueda son's games are also a little like player unfriendly in the same way i was joking about rockstar where they prioritize certain things like animation over responsiveness so and that that is you know, I, I I don't think he looks at the gaming landscape and is like, how can I emulate a lot of the standards of what people are used to with how a game should respond or how it should act, or I need things to, you know, um, be, like, quick and snappy in an action game. I think he has his own way of doing things, and I think at first it can, like, rub you wrong or feel like this doesn't control like I expect it to, but I think you need to kind of, like, yeah, you know the more open-minded you can be about it and go into it thinking like, okay, I'm going to have a different experience. I'm not going to expect it to feel like other games. I think that's kind of where you can settle into it. And it's really its own thing. And, but I think that's also turned off a lot of people, especially with last guardian. It's like people complained that it Mm -hmm. was, you know, kind of like an awkward thing to play, which I, I totally get. And I don't disagree with, but it's like, it's a very intentional choice. The things that that game chooses Mm -hmm. to prioritize. Yeah.
4: If If you, if you're not looking like if you're not opening and taking the other road, yeah, you can be like this, like, oh uh Trico's not responding super well like it's so <laughs> it's so hard for because like because it's a big animal that it's might a big not animal to to like, <laughs> yeah. so jason what have you been playing uh i have been playing board games with my wife a lot more lately oh yeah nice. uh, we, we uh there's no reviews. What the heck? Oh, sir, I need a. There's a lot of things that I need to write, get sir. There's stepping. <laughs> oh man, if I could, if I'm I could, too, so. what are you? I, what do you plan? I think my backlog of writing board games and mobile games are longer than my backlog of video games. Video games, probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, right now, like me and my wife have started. or um, well, we keep playing uh, Zombie Kids right now. It's uh, a legacy. Exactly. The le- yeah, a legacy game where it's two to four players pick it up in 15 like it, it, it the game ends in like 15 20 minutes cool. super quick uh, but it's pretty much every time you play you there are actually like trophies that you kind of hunt in the the manual that you're given Oh, really? so yeah. so you, at, if you clear those you get trophies and after a certain amount of games or certain amount of stickers you open up a new envelope and something new okay. happens to the board oh that's cool nice so oh, it's nice. it's we've been we've been constantly so uh playing that lately
0: when you finally come to visit us bring it, bring it with you
4: yeah oh sir right now i like i've where we uh, we just opened the sixth or seventh the seventh envelope out of 13. Wow, we've just wow. been playing, dude. We've nice. been playing a lot. Oh nice. wow, uh, cool. All right. that one. But more so, like I've been back to playing Starcraft a little bit, OG Starcraft. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, but You're not I'm gonna, anymore. I only play Division on Wednesdays now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> trying to get that Eagle Bear man. The Eagle Bear.
0: <laughs> I'm fun with that.
4: Yeah. Um, uh, so it's not an easy one to get a hold of. Well, I mean, like the raid group that I keep going with, we keep seeing it. We keep beating the the Iron Horse, but it's uh, I don't know why, man. I just can't win rock paper scissors. That is <laughs> the reason why I don't get it. Yeah. Right, uh
3: gaming's been taking a little bit of backseat. Uh, I got a tournament coming up in a few weeks, so Ooh. I've been Ooh. hitting up hitting up the range a little bit more. Where at? Um, we're at for the range uh so no I shoot...
4: where is the tournament
3: oh tournaments out in dublin ohio uh so it's the uh buckeye usat tournament this year oh. uh, so hopefully i can uh do that pretty well i'm hoping <laughs> that it's a predecessor or just kind of opens the doors to redeem myself for nationals back in virginia later on a few weeks later because that was not a good tournament <laughs> um, for for Nick, uh, I actually do um, archery, and I, oh, I nice. I, I try to go for. I'm trying to go for the national team at some point.
5: Oh, badass! So, if I
3: can never make it, but uh, yeah, uh, 2024, what? Maybe. What, uh, yeah, 2024. What <laughs> 2024?
5: What game has the best representation of archery? Oh, or mean um,
4: <laughs> last of us.
5: I should, <laughs> Breath of the
3: Wild. I hate to say, Horizon. It. We sports. No way. I was actually totally, awesome. it's, it's we sports yeah. all the way for me. We I was about to say right uh sports like, champions
5: actually, I think, had an archery thing too <laughs> Yeah, that, the, that the, the wind, the
3: elevation, all the stuff that got into it and everything. And yeah. I, I had fun with the motions mm-hmm. when I and that was before I did archery, but yeah, that's the main thing that comes to mind for the so presentation
0: <laughs> of archery. Nice, yeah, great. That's a great <laughs> answer. Nice so uh for me it's, that, what now, have you been uh, playing? it's now week two where animal crossing has not been fired up <laughs> yes oh. oh are we a yeah. trend kick, here
4: kick, kicking the um, habits
0: kick there habit. honestly, honestly my switch hasn't really been fired up other than to swap cartridges out of it for cody for him playing mm. like mario kart and mario odyssey and stuff like that um just haven't felt like playing it really i've been playing mm. a little bit m- more on the Vita. um just oh, um, nice. back to my addiction of uh, Fat Princess the the match game. Oh, you nice. Beast cage. Um, princess. classic. Wow. I, no, it's the it's the match 3 game. That Dang. They did. Oh, yeah. that it's one. Just, okay, just it is it's so simple and it's just like it frustrates me because I want to beat it on all the different tiers and stuff and I just keep going back to it and then the game decides, "Hey, I'm going to kick your ass."
2: <laughs> and there's <laughs> nothing you can do about
0: it. Um so there's been that um
5: can i can i can i I recommend a vita game to you by the way go for it did you ever play an indie game called luft rousers I did not. Okay. Uh, L U F T R A U S E R S. This is uh, like okay. German warplanes. Um, this is made by Vlambeer, uh Rami Ismail and he made they went on they made super great box, they made nuclear throne, mm-hmm. uh, a bunch of other like great indie games. Uh, it's just a sort of like fighter playing game, um, with mm-hmm. a very sort of minimalist aesthetic, but you, you keep unlocking different planes and, and weapons and stuff, and it's just really satisfying and I think that's you already the- hooked the- him is like the best like plays best on Vita um, for sure. You
0: already um, hooked him. You gotta get you it got quick them. before the <laughs> score closes I'm a, too I'm an ace combat guy. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, I've been playing more on lead the Show. Oh, nice. Uh, your season. Um, we are, I am 22 and eight now. Oh, I'm still keeping that run. It's only two losses per week. It's <laughs> pretty um, good. Yeah. So there's that. Um, I tried to play a little bit more of uh, Gran Turismo Sport. It just didn't. It wasn't resonating with me um Mm. so i've kind of moved on from it honestly i was talking to jerry about this when he was over for the fourth of july this past weekend and honestly i should have gone with my gut feeling with it because of how we thought about it at e3 when we got to play it when they had the pods and stuff there um i i still think in some ways drive club is a little bit better in Mm. in some regards um you know, but going back to play drive club, it's, you know, you, it has shown its age as well, you know, being, it did come out in the beginning of the PS4 cycle, you know, back mm-hmm. in 2014. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I kind of moved on from that, um, Tried to do, like I said, Shadow of Colossus, but I was just too tired for it. Um, <laughs> just more playing Ratchet and Clank with the boys. Um, that is kind of like yes. the game that they like to go oh, yeah. to bed to and stuff. So we're on our God, second playthrough. I, I didn't even mention um, that, but
5: I did, I did 100% that game too, the recent one, yeah. <laughs> <totally> <laughs> oh, nice. good. Yeah. And um, actually, man, uh, one trophy Matt left said that play. there
1: are a lot more Easter eggs if you use the Rhino. Yes,
0: with the Rhino. As yeah, you uh, level really? up oh, more. Oh, yeah, Matt was telling so, me all the ones he found. Yeah. So far, I've, I've gotten the... Um, Thunderjaw mm-hmm. from Horizon. Insane. Um, like- the the actual I found this the other night, too, and I'm actually taking pictures of them as I find them because I'm going to do a little thing for our for the website and stuff. But um, the like the saber cat from Horizon. I can't remember the name of it right now, but that's in it oh, as well. Oh no
3: way! Oh really? Um,
0: okay. I found Sly's van, Sly Cooper himself, Jack and Daxter Wow, that was um, cool. The little guy from Sunset Overdrive. <laughs> nice. um, oh sweet there's there's a couple more oh and uh the plane from uncharted 1 nathan drake's jeep from uncharted 4 um, Sick. Jesus. so it's just more and more i, I love playing because i put it on infinite ammo because i want to see all the different stuff
2: <laughs> comes out
0: of it so <laughs> that's um, awesome. that's been really good to to play with the boys so that's their kind of their jam and then honestly um you know because i was talking to you about this yesterday and where my headspace has been for I haven't really alluded to it for the last you know week or so. Is I've been playing a little bit more Tetris Effect. Nice, um, nice man. Because that is, um, you know, as our listeners have known this, you know, for two years. I mean, this Saturday will be the two year anniversary of, of mom's passing. Yeah. Um, and Tetris was our it was our jam. You know, going back on the original Nintendo, sitting downstairs at the house. Um, so it has been helping me a little bit take that edge off just enough um for you but you know it is it just i haven't really done a ton of gaming um i'll play a little bit of mcg arena and whatnot um but i've been kind of just chilling just spending time with the family a little bit here and there and you know not not quite as gaming the last week or so so to speak um going back through star trek next generation (laughs) um God, that 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 show does not hold up. It's like back in the nineties when it when it came out and you tried going back to watch the original Star Trek, it just doesn't. It was the campiness and everything. Yeah, campiness is there too. So it was like I, I'm like, <laughs> I watch this religiously every week. Oh no. Um other than that though, it's yeah, it's just been chilling. Good, man. A All right. Bit. So so as we close things out, Nick, why don't you let the listeners know where they can find you on social media if they would like yeah. to follow you?
5: Yeah, uh just at N Sutner, N-S-U-T-T-N-E R, N Sutner on Twitter. Uh that's probably the the thing I use most. Um and there's links <laughs> there on my profile to my website, which I need to update mm-hmm. and uh the <laughs> podcast I do and other stuff. So uh yeah. that's appreciated if anyone wants to check out my stuff or check out any of the games that I mentioned. Nice.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. so, so Nick, I wanna thank you for crashing game night with us tonight. Yes, um, thank you so great much having yeah. you on Ash. You are more than welcome to come back anytime you want. Catch is ready, please. So yes, catch is there anytime (laughs) you want it. But uh, you know, to everybody else that kind of jumped in and watched us and on Twitch and is going to listen to the podcast this weekend, thank you guys. You know, for always crashing game night with us on a weekly basis, Um, we do this for you guys. You know, yeah, we do it for us and whatnot. But it's more, you know, I love seeing that we we bring joy to people around the world. You know, it still amazes me that we have this and stuff like that. So thank you guys once again, uh, first time tuning in guys, you know, make sure you hit that follow button, hit that subscribe button on the platform that you were listening to us on. Um, and as always, you know, be excellent to each other. No, stay frosty
3: whoa
0: wow where wow it wow snows. you threw it.
1: oh that's pur- why we, we were waiting like, where's where this day frosty you got me bro oh the times have changing what's up guys thank you guys for uh, viewing subscribing listening getting in tuned finding yourselves thank you but also most importantly uh please Show your support for the LGBTQ plus community, uh, Black Lives Matter and stop the Asian hate. Um, once again, guys, if you see something, report it, say something and uh, just show your support. If it's just lending a hand, giving a hug or a compliment, uh, let's just keep being kind and and uh, let's make that change. Let's make it better for, for all of us. So thank you guys so much for listening and, and
4: viewing. Yes, thank you, Nick, for joining us on the couch. Nick, as, yes, yeah. thank you so much. for joining As me. Matt had said earlier, you are always welcome on this couch. Matt, no, thank uh, has Been this has been great, and
5: and I I fully support uh, everything that Jerry just said. Yeah. thank you. As it is thank the you. Process, um, yeah. yeah,
4: definitely. Uh, it might not be the same couch, but uh, you know uh-huh. the couch will always be there for you, Nick, to come back and. Visit us whenever you want very. <laughs> uh, we can always talk indie games all day every day. board yes. games especially too. yeah um, <laughs> On top of Jerry, you know we are at the virtually the end of the pandemic. Um, you know I'm still an advocate. please get back to me if you are able to. Uh, you know it is just about all ages, like above age of five, I believe now. Think so six, yeah. like, it's five or it's, six or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, five or six, something like that. But it is still, if you are able to get this, please get it. Uh, we are, I believe, what, 60% now. Something like that. We're and, and we're
0: getting yeah. of the, we're, reported, we are, of the reported deaths. 99% of the reported deaths now are those that are unvaccinated.
4: Yeah. So we are go, literally, guys. please get vaccinated because. We are starting to open up. We are starting to be maskless. We are starting to be remembering what Normal. normality was, Normal. you know, two years ago almost. That's that's an yes. insane word. Like two years ago, this, we would have been at E3, we would have been chilling, we would have been hanging out and having fun. Um, but please... Stay safe. Uh, even if you, if you are vaccinated, great. Thank you so much. If you are unvaccinated, please still stay safe. You know, there is that new Delta strain that is appearing in the news. Mm-hmm. So please stay safe. Uh, six feet if you can, if you're unvaccinated, try minimalizing social, social, uh, gatherings of any sort. Um, but we are, almost there we are almost at that c grade that 70 that passing grade <laughs> you know we are almost there and once we are there then we'll be able to actually yep. unlock all the amenities that we forgotten already you know yeah <laughs> so please stay keep staying safe and Absolutely. my man Again, and thank mm-hmm. you, Nick. If you want to plug anything else, you know, I'm probably going to get that date. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go, go, watch, <laughs> go, go watch the Playdate video. That yeah, thing looks so cool. Like, it is so tiny. But yeah, mm-hmm. check out all of Nick's stuff on his, uh, as he said earlier, thank my you. man, Theo. My man. Everybody out
3: there, <laughs> thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Till next time, TTFN. Tata for now. Good night, everybody.